We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Steve Rosenblum. We suck, so your self-quarantine doesn't have to. Mark Grody. I think there will be lasting derivatives of this once we get through it, and hopefully we will, um, with minimal damage that um, people will be more aware, honestly, of washing their hands and um, Good thing. and apparently wiping. Apparently wiping. They suck, so you don't have to. They can do what they have to do. They know what they have to do. Now they don't have any problem getting it done. Founding members of the WB Club. Wake and they come on. Where's Toby? So I'm practicing, you know, social distancing and I have a few tips for everybody, you know, you know, no sharing pipes or joints, things like that. The three words that describe this show, and I quote, stink, stank, stunk. It's Saturday suckage on the score. We should be 670 WSUK. Good morning. Welcome in. Saturday Suckage. Steve Rosenblum, Mark Rohde with you. Chicago Sports Radio 670 to score. We're broadcasting live from Hyundai Studios. Brought to you by your local Hyundai dealers. Mark Rohde, how are you? Steve, I'm great. I am glad you asked because I noticed we didn't do any kind of Twitter stream of consciousness with one another before the show started today. I was actually glad that you you hadn't because I was, you ever just get locked in on something you're doing and you're like, oh my goodness, it's time to start what I'm really supposed to do. And I was, <laughs> I was, I was locked in on the on the Bears pregame shows on the score and WBBM, and you know how those are. They they start in about an hour. So right. I was doing some editing and putting some interviews together. Then I was like, oh my goodness, I bet I need to hook up right now and start doing a radio show with my guy, Steve Rosenblum. And sure enough, there was the text from Trash Panda. Grody, you're on one. Rosenblum, you're on two. Let's do mm-hmm. a show. There yeah, we we're doing we're doing radio. So tease us, Mark Rohde, a multiple pregame yes. show guest. So what can we expect to hear on various pregame shows? I was going to ask about the timing of the scores pregame show because um, normally the scores Bet Rivers pregame show kicks off at nine, but with Monday night, 
it's a different thing with Hub Arkish, Olin Krutz, Patrick Manley, R. Mark Grody. And they're going to bring it all to you. Listen live on the 670 The Score and the Radio.com app. Get the latest on inactives, the keys to the game, and all the Bears news. So what is that time frame and who might we expect to hear from? Yeah, so I'll jump on with those guys that you mentioned on the score with Hub Arkish and Olin Krutz and Patrick Manley. Bears. And yeah, Bears. Exactly. And I will <laughs> I will discuss with them whatever it is that they want to know. Last second details of the game. There's a lot of things that comes to us from the Bears and from around the NFL that usually I am privy to. So I share information with the fellows, fill in some blanks where I can. And uh, Olin Krutz then tells me what it's really all about. So it's usually, it, it's hilarious, man. Last, <laughs> it, I don't know, studs, you might be able to find it at some point in time. But this is like on the spot. But last week, I did the segment with those guys. And it was like, hilarious. it was the hardest I'd laughed all week because I brought up to Olin Krutz. I mean, how dare I even inject anything about the offensive line when you have a future Hall of Famer sitting there in Olin Krutz. And I just kind of offhandedly was talking about the left guard spot. And the problems they have there because we haven't seen consistency out of Rashad Coward, nor was it there with Alex Barr. So I brought up the name Jason Spriggs, and immediately <laughs> Olin just goes, nope. 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 That's it. Nope. There's your That's answer. That's it. And I, and I just laughed like I am now. And I said, got it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Nope. Nope, it is. Because I am not here. My part on the show, when I go on that show, it is not to try to tell people how it is the way the football lines up. The X's and O's, I'm pretty sure they have well handled. So I do my part and add the information, and I will never, ever, ever inject the the formation of the <laughs> offensive line again. It was hilarious. I love Olin. And then on yeah. the on the WBBM pregame show, real quick, like Steve, just so you know, I'll be on in the very beginning of that show as well. I actually just finished interviews with... A really good interview with Mario Edwards Jr. Get to know Mario Edwards, guy that they signed this year, a guy who came up with Khalil Mack, and a large part of the reason that he came to the Bears is because of Khalil Mack, and he's a real cool, affable dude. And uh, I asked him about Mack and what Mack's really all about, and uh, it's I don't want to give away the whole interview, so you'll have to listen to that when Ron Gleason throws to me. And then the other guy that I spoke to this week is the always- energized he's an energizer machine he is mike fury he is the bears wide receivers coach all righty then wow that would be that's that's quite the mark Rody lineup for it is covering it a is. multitude of uh various platform pregame shows that sounds excellent i the idea of olin Krutz just go nope that nope that, yeah that's it There's your and then hub tried to interject too like hub kind of was right like along. Hub was kind of with me, like but he said, "Well, you know, Spriggs has played some some guard." And it, nope. Move on. Something Next I noticed, question. guys, last year when I was when I was actually doing all the pregame shows was not to argue with Owen on something like that. Like no, he, it it, makes there's no just sense. no it, there's no point. Like he's like, yeah, it's like he's right, you're wrong. Let's move on. Well, I'm gonna lose to I'm gonna lose to Owen a, and then I'm gonna lose to the audience. What? person listening is be like yeah we're gonna take mark grody's insight <laughs> on the offensive line over the guy who played it at a high level for the chicago bears for a decade yeah yes uh-huh. yeah no that's bears. not the way it's gonna go you're not gonna argue nope. it was just the olin's answer was okay now next subject next there right. we go it was actually so, very similar to charles leno jr's answer to the question of how do you fix the 
the Bears run game yesterday? It was a two-word answer. And don't know. Was those, were those no, the two was, words? See, now I'm actually forgetting the two words. I think it was play better. Okay. Another thing for studs to find. It's it's pretty funny. It, it's in the same. I put it in the same column as or genre of the Scott Skiles. How does Eddie Curry rebound better? And the answer was Steve. Jump. Thank you. Yes, that was it. Play the hey, whole Charles, uh, as a unit, what does the offensive line have to do to get back to where you were in the run game in those first three, you know, in the first three games? What's missing? Execute better. How do you do that? Practice over and over again. Okay, he's tired That's of it. that. That's great. <laughs> execute better. I have Mark Potash trying to elicit an answer. Execute better. How do you do that? Practice. Well, what yeah. have you been doing so far that, that you guys suck against one of the worst teams one of the worst running defenses in the league, and you had a horrible showing. So much so that you couldn't run the ball to run out the last four minutes of the game. A four-minute offense was something that Matt Nagy talked about, if not emphasized. But if, but it's clearly part of every team's game plan. How do we execute a four-minute offense? And he, his team couldn't. He wouldn't let them. He didn't trust them. I mean, they had, what, five offensive linemen, four tight ends, and 73 cement mixers on the field, and they couldn't get in from the one earlier in the game. So he doesn't trust his run game. He doesn't trust his offensive line. What's your take on all this, Mark? Well, first of all, I have to admit that I liked the answer from Charles Leno Jr. because at this point, they're out of answers, at least for us, and w- what is it that anybody has said that we've been like, oh, okay, I get it, I gotcha. Like, so to give that answer, it's it's deep. It's actually pretty deep because it's just like, you know, you guys see it, you know it, we know it, and we got to execute better. So I actually, seriously, not sarcastically, appreciated that answer. And I also appreciate Mark Potash because he asked the question that any of us would have asked. And it, uh, what you didn't hear there was the awkward pause after the first question. But, but anyway, um, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a real issue. There's no doubt. And when you are not able to consistently run the football and they were starting to have some success towards the end of the Carolina game where it's like, Oh, okay. David Montgomery pops a couple of runs and it started to look a little bit better. But when you, like you said, this, this problem is ongoing. When you need that one yard, you have to be able to get that one yard. And it puts so much pressure on everybody else when you can't run the ball successfully some of the time. Look, we're ne- nobody has ever looked for the Bears to run the ball 25, 30 times and truly go old school under Matt Nagy. I don't think even the Bearsiest of Bears fans have wanted that. It's just to have the threat of a run game existing, even if you're not using it at a time. And that has not been there. And then it puts pressure, and this is one of the things I talked about with with Mike Furry, actually, um, the, the idea that it then puts more pressure on the wide receivers to get that extra yard, where like Anthony Miller last week, where he was needed three yards and he starts going backwards because he wants to make a big play. Um, you know, tight ends, receivers, quarterback, everybody, you know, there's more stress on everybody when you can't run the ball four yards at a time. The Well, we will address or investigate or ask questions again about the offensive line at noon. Tom Thayer, a part of the Bears broadcast with Jeff Joniak, uh, 
offensive lineman, the right guard on the 1985 Bears, the Super Bowl Bears, Bears and we will talk to him. He moved a lot of things around Bears. to be able to join us today. We appreciate did he really? That. Yeah, he did. Uh, yes, he did, and we appreciate bad. that. Now I feel bad. I, no, I totally appreciate it, but now I feel bad for the other 57 that we're now talking about. Because we talked about Owen Crutes, 57. Now we're mm. talking about 50, the original 57, Tom Thayer. Well, what of why Mensch? Did, why, did you, why did you just go Grobber? There was the whole Grobber, the <laughs> because, original. Because Grobber is out. big on, on telling you what, how it really was in the original. <laughs> like they're, like Mike Tyson, the second baseman for the Cubs. A, a lot of people think that Mike Tyson is just a – he was a second – originally he was a second baseman for the Cubs. Everybody thinks it. No, it, he, he played ba- – he was not a good hit. Mike Tyson was later. I repeat, later. <laughs> and that's true. The Cubs had a second baseman named Mike Tyson. And well, you can do that. that. Right, that's true. You can do the 57 thing, but you also, if you're going to do it in Robber's voice, you need to include the spelling of Kruitz and explain and, and offer an entire spelling lesson so we can get there. K-R-U-T-E-S. Right. That's how Robber would spell it anyway. Yeah. So we're going to talk to Tom Thayer, but I, one, the, the saying the quiet thing out loud is is again, the one thing you never want to say about a football player and especially an offensive line, but there's, they lack toughness. That can be, that with everything that gets, when you winnow down everything, and you talk about execute, we have to practice better. It's like, what have they been doing all this time? And, and details and calibrating and all these cockamamie words that the coach is using. It's been said before, but you can't, you judge a team, part of the way you judge a team's toughness is, especially the offensive line, they have a go-to play, you know they're going to run it, they know they're going to run it, everybody knows they're going to run it, and you can't stop it. You know why? Because they're tougher and better than you. The Bears aren't better than anybody in a lot of places. You can overcome some of that, you can deodorize some of that by being tougher. And what Nagy chose to do is he's going to pass as opposed to let his offensive line get pushed to a stalemate or worse, get pushed back when they absolutely need it. But that's not something I don't, I, well, last time there, I don't know how you practice yes. that. I well, don't know yeah, not, not even that. Uh, yeah. And I don't, I, yeah, tougher is a good word. There's no doubt, but that's a, that's a loaded word. And you're right. Yep. That's, I, I I rarely like to get into the heads of guys. Are they tough or not? Because, like I said, I I don't know. I that's so I hesitate there for sure. But I think it's fair to ask Tom Thayer. Maybe I'll downsize a little bit too. Can an offensive line six games into the season now? Can it get drastically better within a season with the personnel that they have? You know what I mean? Like with the guy, can you make this offensive line? better by week 11 or 12 or is it just going to be a fraction better and that is a fair question for Tom Thayer play calling can make an offensive line better and and I don't know that there's enough offensive talent otherwise to be able to I mean their their one go-to play right is is Allen Robinson wherever you can find him that's their go-to play that's that's the and, and Carolina knew that was coming. We're gonna, and everybody's going to take Allen Robinson away, and then they're going to dare you to find somebody else. And Jimmy Graham has been more productive than I thought, 
It was nice to see Cole Komet on a play. Nick Foles said they hadn't even practiced that route, but he was going to throw it to the guy. He read him. He read the the rookie making the bending it in and being there. And that play looked beautiful. That that looked well practiced. That play. But if you you need to have a go-to play besides we're going to Allen Robinson and everybody in the football world knows it. So in your view, watching this team try to execute and get through it, where what happens after Allen Robinson? Where are they? Well, what would you say? Honestly, What's the next go-to? I think that some of this still comes down to, in terms of optimism, a, a moment that we talked a lot about, we exhausted it, and technically, I probably since it's been, we've we've taken every inch out of this story. I probably shouldn't even bring it up, but I'm going to. And that was the Thursday night game against Tampa Bay, where you had the fourth quarter heated discussion, whatever it was, between Matt Nagy uh. and Nick Foles, and that's Foles imposing his will a little bit, and the beginning of something of those two guys working together and maybe Nick Foles getting to do things a little bit more his way. Autonomy, which is such a great word. I love saying autonomy. I feel good about myself when I say it. And I think it's a good word that all of us need to move closer to, to be being autonomous. Oh, God, that even felt better. But I think that that is what Nick, like that's the one thing you can lean on is that this is not Mitchell Trubisky. This is Nick Foles, a guy who has a way of doing things, knows how to win, and will eventually do things more his way. He's not going to ditch his coach or diss his coach, and they're going to work together, and they like each other and all of that. But I do think that Nick Foles, we are going to find, is eventually going to be given the power to do more things his way as the season goes on, and maybe even starting with the Rams game on Monday night. I think that's a, a ripe opportunity. Uh, I think, I, I don't know if Matt Nagy wor- worries that he'll get exposed as someone who is does not want his quarterback to take over. He, while he says his quarterback must be a master of all coverage, and, and he's made that criticism, explanation, hope, whatever, goal, he said that precisely about Mitch Trubisky, but it goes for every quarterback that they should know the playbook better than the coach, and they certainly know the feeling on the field better than the coach. And once again, Matt Nagy showed me he doesn't know how to coach the game that's there, and we'll discuss that in a bit. But the idea that that I think you're right, that Nick Foles would need to be allowed to have more ownership. I don't know if the coach has the self-security. Maybe he's too insecure to give that up. Well, I mean, he's made it clear that, I mean, he's been asked, I don't think he's been asked this year, but I think every year at some point in time that Matt Nagy has been around, he's been asked, "Are you? would you give up the play calling? And so far it's been no. The one thing he did say, I think last year, he said that even if I did, you would not know. So, you know, it's possible that there's been a game. You know what I mean? Like, it's po- it's not out of the realm of possibility that he has handed off play calling. I actually understand, though. I do. 
from Matt Nagy's perspective, if I was him, I wouldn't be handing over play calling either because it's his life's blood. It's his, it's it's his value. It's at least in in his thoughts, like why he exists as a coach in the NFL is offense and to design offense and to call offensive plays. And if he if he did if he handed it over at this point in his career. I think he would reduce his own value. So, I mean, I, I guess I'm looking at it through his eyes. Like, why would he do that? And maybe, maybe it would be better for the team. But that's I, you can't do that until you're Andy Reid. You know what I mean? Wait till you're six or seven years in and you've won something. And then maybe you throw a bone to one of your coaches. But I actually understand why Matt Nagy would not want to hand that over to somebody. And I don't know who he handed it over I, to at this point anyway. No, I think that's – I think that, that – reeks of insecurity and i think it it also misses the fact that there could be a balance there's i'm not nor i don't I, nor do i think nick Foles is would be lobbying to go up tempo to go sh- no huddle sugar huddle hurry up for the entire game i don't think that's it but if there's a moment where your quarterback thinks that's the way to go he's looked at the defense he's looked at his own offense he sees the matchups this is the guy you brought in because he's smarter on the field than the guy you overpaid for in, in, in spending all that draft capital. That is where you're giving up some control. And, and it's exactly the point that if you're all about winning, then you have to coach in that moment. Coaching the game that's there, which Matt Nagy is not good at, if you're going to coach the game that's there, the game that was there was Nick Foles saying, I got this. And you, as a coach, want to get to that point where your quarterback assumes that control and you trust him. That's that's what it's supposed to be about. How do we have the best chance to win? Well, my quarterback knows what he's doing on the field. He He's reading the offense. He's reading the defense. He's reading the situation. You, as a coach, have to read the situation. And I don't think Nick Foles, I'm certainly not lobbying for Nick Foles, to, to call everything like he was Johnny Unitas and, and we don't need an offensive coordinator. But those moments should not be so, so constricted by a coach who seems more in love with pretty shiny plays than he does with coaching the game that's in front of him. That was a point I was trying to make, and that's what I think Matt Nagy has trouble aggra- uh, addressing and wrapping his arms around. I got you, and I think that maybe that starts with when they huddle up on the sidelines, as they do after every offensive possession. When he, you know, this is stuff that I see when I'm down on the sidelines. You see Matt Nagy huddling up with the quarterback, whomever it is. In this case, it's Nick Foles. Sometimes there's a player sitting next to Nick Foles. Sometimes it's Mitchell Trubisky. Sometimes it's Bill Lazor. But when those huddles occur and they're looking at the photographs or they're discussing things. You have to like earnestly allow for the Nick Foles input. I mean, everybody's got a voice, but maybe, maybe allow sometimes, like you're saying, Steve, sometimes allow the Nick Foles voice to be the last voice in the in the the sideline huddle before they go to the real huddle. All right, we uh, we have, as I said, Tom Thayer joining us at noon, and at one o'clock, Jay Zawoski, because the Blackhawks. Tried to be more transparent, and all I found was a whole bunch of gobbledygook, and maybe Jay can make sense of it, and why Hawks fans should be in, in favor of this. I don't see it. It just sounds dumb to me, but we'll run it by Jay. And also, that gives us an opportunity, because there's 
there is a wonderful, the World Series has presented us with a wonderful opportunity to, to revisit a, a food product, a food item that the I'm Fat podcast definitely needs to opine about. So we will do that. And um, I believe we're scheduling the, re- the replay of a Joe Buck interview. Joe Buck was on Inside the Clubhouse, and that'll be in the 1 o'clock hour as well. Let's take a break now. But, Mark, when we come back, we have, we'll sort of play pre-pregame show. There are updates that we need to get to about guys who might or might not be on the field and what it might mean. So we will discuss that, figure out where we are now as the Bears prepare to take off today for Los Angeles for their Monday night meeting against the Rams in a game they should win. And this, there's certain numbers that tell you that. So we'll discuss all that after this. This is Saturday Suckage. Thank you for listening. And uh, the day after my son got married, that's that was oh. such a thing. Oh, my night. God. Right, we're talking about that. We're talking about that later for sure. All right. We'll get to that. I'm Steve Rosenblum. He's Mark Rohde. Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. This is Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com. Chicago Sports Station. Welcome in, welcome back. Steve Rosen with Mark Rohde with you. Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. We're broadcasting live from the Hyundai Studios. Brought to you by your local Hyundai dealers. Top of the hour. We will talk with Tom Thayer of the WBBM 780 AM 105.9 FM broadcast with Jeff Joniak. We'll talk to him about the offensive line and where it goes. And it's not just the offensive line, but... It always seems to start or end with the offensive line, and we'll talk to him about that. But, Mark, more importantly, when they head out to L.A., here's, here's something that you we, – we don't know. The question is, like, how are the Bears 5-1? and one? How good of a 5-1 and one team are they? And we'll talk about the Nick Foles rant later on. But the, the idea that they're – we don't know who's good. We know who's bad. There are a lot of, you know, Falcons are bad, the Vikings are bad, Lions are bad. We don't know who's really good. The Rams' victories this year are against teams with a combined winning percentage of 36%, which is a whole big so what. And the Rams right. are favored by a lot. The Bears at least have beaten teams whose winning percentage is 48%, helped by the, the Buccaneers not sucking, although they do suck for signing Antonio Brown. They're despicable. Um, you sign a guy who who does those kind of things, been accused of those kind of things to women, and, and you try to make it all right. It's despicable. But anyways, the Bears should win this game. The Bears, I know they're playing on the road. They're playing a team that you don't know how good anybody is. And I would think, all right, they own Jared Goff. Jared Goff gets jittery. Jared Goff against the Bears has tended to look like the Cowboys. Every time the Cowboys had to come in here and play in cold weather, I mean, it was laughable, right? When they had to play in Soldier Field, it was laughable. They were just getting blown out. But now, update us. Khalil Mack, Akeem Hicks. I mean, you're talking about the first two guys on the Bears' defense that are going to make you say, hello, what? They game, you game plan around those two guys. So, Mark, what's up with that? So Khalil Mack, 
we were told yesterday that it well popped up on the injury report. No, none of us saw it coming, and he missed practice with a back injury yesterday. So we're gonna we're going to, uh, a couple things. We're gonna get a report a little bit later on today. I don't know if it'll happen on this show's watch, but I'm keeping track to let you know what the update is for Khalil Mack today. Now, the other part is complicated because the response from Matt Nagy was, paraphrasing, no big deal. This is precautionary. Um, you know, he, I, I'm not making a big deal out of, you know, he, he says he's going to be fine. But the other part of that is that Matt Nagy this year has been transparent in that he's going to be ambiguous about injuries. <laughs> that he is, he is not, he is going to be fuzzy and he, apo- he has apologized to us for it because Matt Nagy's a nice guy, but he has told us, he has kind of warned us, look guys, this is, this is the way it is. And, you know, competitive advantage. I think he's even, you know, used that phraseology. So when he says no big deal, he's fine. He's probably going to play and all this kind of stuff. I'm sorry, but I have a hard time just accepting that at its word right now. So we'll find out. And then, and then you know, backs, backs, right? I mean, I have no idea. Like, backs are tricky. Backs are like, they scale from 1 to 20 in variations, right, um, in terms yeah. of how bad. I mean, we've learned that with Anthony Rizzo. Rizzo out one, two days, okay, he's fine. And then, and then he's good for the rest of the year. Then it locks up. So it's just unpredictable. The Hicks thing... He's been sick the last two days, not COVID. Um, so I, I don't. That's as far as we know on that. And you never know when a guy's. Sick. I mean, you always just assume if a guy's sick, oh, he's going to get better. He's going to be fine. So he's had two days to to get better, and obviously he's got a couple more. So I'm more optimistic at this very second about Akeem Hicks. One of the areas that I'm even just as concerned about though is the Bears secondary because they're banged up pretty badly with some of their depth pieces with with Deion Bush with um Sherrick McManus is hurting and then Buster Screen popped up on the injury report as mm-hmm. well and you know you need all hands on deck now Screen as I do recall did get burned on a third down and long last year by the Rams that was the one big play that Jared Goff has had in his two years against the Bears you remember that it was a play to Cooper Cup last year it was about a 50 yard play on third and six, that got them down into the red zone. It wasn't a touchdown, but it was a big play. So that was the one time, and there was some sort of breakdown in, in terms of the help with the safeties um, on that play. But, yeah, you need all hands on deck. And, yeah, I just don't know. I, I My gut says Mac and, and Hicks are going to play, but I can't sit here and tell you I'm just going to repeat and parrot what Matt Nagy said. I, I get that, and and playing and playing at a high level are two different things. You you give them credit for getting themselves out onto the field. You you yeah. Their their Good profile point. tells you that's what they will attempt to do and convince the coaches they're good enough. And then being being at their best selves, that's a whole nother question. But as long as you brought up the secondary, we know that DeAndre Houston Carson is going to save the game. So that's that's already settled, right? <laughs> He's right, going to make every game-saving play. He's like, that's there's a junior version of Mike Brown with the interceptions on the back-to-back weeks. That's just the way this guy works. But, you know, you've talked about Jalen Johnson a lot on this show. And so as he's evolved... And as it's clear that nobody wants to throw at Kyle Fuller, 
because you're going to get someone's going to die. They throw at Kyle Fuller again. You're going to get a receiver killed. Jalen Johnson's job becomes even tougher, even more chaotic, even more high volume. And he looks to be handling it like any veteran would opposite a an all-pro cornerback. He just looks, he, he sounded like he fit from the start, and now he's playing like he sounds. And he expected all this. I mean, not that any rookie wouldn't expect this when you have all-pro Kyle Fuller on one side. Of course, they're going to go after the rookie. And he does. I mean, I keep on bringing up Buster Screen. I had a talk with Screen one time, and he said this guy's going to be a star. And he said it's because of that, that he actually does forget the previous play. Because as Screen said, cornerbacks are going to give up plays. They're going to give up big plays. They're going to commit pass interference. It's all part of the gig. It's an impossible position at which to be perfect. But when you give up a play of, let's just say, 10 yards or more, it's glaring and everybody's like, you got to guard him. You got to go. I mean, you're going to give up plays. Unless it's blatantly bad, you have to, I guess, as an observer, a media person, a fan, you have to give a little bit of room for, for that. And I think most people do. But he does have that thing. You know, it, he's still got some tests to pass. I mean, I'm not just anointing him as the as a star yet. But I thought last week was incredibly important because it was the first game where they really went after him. Not that the other, the previous teams, you know, Tampa Bay, Colts, Atlanta, the Giants, and Detroit didn't go after him. But it was, that was the plan, man. That was, we're going to go at your rookie. Good luck with it. And he had the kind of success that you would expect from a good cornerback in the NFL. Not great yet. Not great yet. But I think he can get there. And he's going to get more of it this week. I mentioned Cooper Cup and Robert Woods. Those guys are going to be going at Jalen Johnson again. And, man, I, I don't think you want to go after at uh, Kyle Fuller for many reasons. Because he will definitely guard you. And he will hit you if you happen to catch the football. <laughs> yes, man. And it always seems to be illegal. That doesn't mean it won't get flagged. I just think that the he he gets punished. I mean, it was just it was crap the other day. It just yeah. he gets punished yep. for you. You could make a perfect form tackle, and you could deliver it with all of the vengefulness, viciousness, all the evil you're allowed to in football, and because officials are so used to having guys bail out and so shocked by actual football sounds. And, and, and I think that's what they're closest to the sound of a tackle. He's going to get punished. He's going to get flagged for that. And the bears are going to get hurt, but you can't have him play any other way. Exactly. And that's what they've told him. And by all accounts, like Kyle Fuller is the type of guy who is not going to back down and not, um, no, hesitate. He's not gonna. That's not gonna be part of his game. Um, to Sean Gibson, that's something too. I'm sorry to be producing the show on the fly today, um, studs, trash panda. But at some point in time, let's find to Sean Gibson describing Kyle Fuller because it is. It's not the usual stuff that you would think in terms of the way he described Fuller. I mean, he basically describes him as a straight-up killer. All right, do you want it right now, or do you want it Yeah, later? how about it, Steve Sunshine? Minute, you got a minute and 27 Oh, you want to hear this. We, this is really good. Good job, studs. Right good up. job. I've never been around, uh, like I said, I've never been around a corner that's that, that, that's that, that hits like 
man. I've been around some physical corners, man. As I spoke, like I think Jalen is one of the most physical corners in the league. But Kyle Fuller, man, he got like a mindset, man. I've never seen a corner with that type of mindset. It's refreshing to know that one, your corner's not scared to tackle. But hey, man, your corner, your corner lane boom sticks, man. His sticks on people, man. Um, he instead of the safety having people scared to come across the middle, we got a corner. Got got teams scared to throw uh, crossing routes across the middle, man. It's it's cool though, man, because he don't even get excited. I think I'd be more excited when he lay a boom than he do, man. He just an even kill guy. He just he'd knock a guy out, man, and just walk off. Like I've never seen nothing like it in my life. I've never seen a dude lay boom hits and he don't have any type of reaction after that. It's just kind of like it's normal, man. I it's it, it's cool because like the more you be around Kai, you just realize like man, he. His personality, he's always at a two. You know, he's never going to – he might never – his intensity never might get past a four, man. A four is, is is pushing it, man. But the man can just go out there and get flat out ball. And when you talk about physical cornerback, man, I mean, he's never shying away from contact. And, I mean, that's refreshing to know you got a cornerback that can come in and do that, man. And I think Kyle's not only just a pro's pro off the field, uh, man, but he he's all pro on the field, man. And he's exceeded my expectations by far. Isn't that awesome, man? Boom! It is. It's just you know what corner. his his boom speakers go to eleven. <laughs> <laughs> his boom goes to eleven, and he just and they love it because that's he's because that's football. You're a yeah. defensive player. That's football. And Kyle Fuller plays football, and then he gets flagged for it, and you feel you you can't really yell at him. You don't want to dial any of that back at, because it's. All you can do is send in tapes and say, look, this is crap. Officials got to get their stuff going. But I love listening to, Sh- to Sean Gibson because every player loves that. They want to, they, they hear it, they feel it, they see it. They know their guy's doing it. He's really, he's loving it, isn't he? That's, well, the I've larger heard from Sean Gibson before. Yeah, he was great. Yeah, his entire, like, we should hear more of him later because he also talks about the, the disrespect that the Bears have gotten nationally, and again, he's calling people out. It's pretty, it's pretty fun. It's pretty intense, and he's kind of having fun with it. But it's, and you knew we would get to that point where, and it's true. I mean, they're five and one, and everybody's dogging them. So let's hear more from him later on for sure. I want you to get to know Deshaun Gibson because he's been great with us, and he says cool stuff. But the larger point I thought from Gibson, and I know we got to get to a break. The larger stuff from Gibson there was that how often do we see or have we seen, like, can you think of examples of cornerbacks who were laying wood, who were doing the boom hits, as Gibson put it? It's usually the safeties. It's usually the safeties' job to do that. Not a lot of cornerbacks who are willing, as as even Chuck Pagano put it, he says he's seen a lot of cornerbacks make business decisions in their lives, and they'll mm-hmm. leave the hits up to the big boys. Um, so it's, it is... Very unique what we're seeing. I can't think of a whole lot. You know, Charles Tillman was a fairly physical player. Um, you know, Donnell Wolford, if you want to go back further, was a pretty physical guy cornerback-wise. But even not even necessarily on the Bears. I, nobody really jumps to my brain in terms of cornerbacks who were very, you know, big time in terms of hits. That's- that's a really good point. I know we have to take a break, but I have to go back. Old timers will go with me on this. Mel Blunt of the uh, Steel Curtain. He okay. Was, he would he would blow you up, and okay. that was what he was all about. In fact, he was part of the criminal element. That's what, it, it, that's the way it was described. Part of the criminal element in football. <laughs> 
Well, he's going to blow you up <laughs> tough. Right. All right, we'll take a break. When we come back, more nonsense and suckage, because that's what we're about on Saturday Suckage. We suck so you don't have to. And uh, we'll go from there. I'm Steve Rosenblum. He's Mark Grody, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. This is Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com, Chicago Sports Station. It's not 10. You see, you're on 10 here. Where can you go from there? Where? To 11. 11, exactly. Right, and the, the boom speakers go to 11 when you're Tashawn Gibson. These go to 11. Sorry, what is that? 11. So good to hear that movie. Always. Uh huh. Oh. Nicely done, studs. Thank hey, you know, you me and my friends made a, made a mock of that mockumentary in high school. It was really funny. Is, oh, I bet it, it was hilarious. I didn't think you could do that. I didn't think you can't mock the mockumentary. Well, we did. Parody the parody. The, the studs mockumentary. <laughs> I can't even, I don't even think I can say the name that we called our band on air. Like, that's how oh, ridiculous yeah. it was. <laughs> like, okay. Yeah, that's, that's now, now you've you, got that movie in my head. There's probably going to be a viewing of it at some point in time after two o'clock today. Did you film this somewhere? Is it on YouTube somewhere? It's, oh, man. I lent the DVD. It's I had it for the longest time after high school, and I can't remember what I did with it. I, I it's out there somewhere. I want to say I left it at a friend's house or something like that. So it's it's out there somewhere, and it's totally ridiculous. I was the drummer, so of course I got killed off. Good, of course. good, yeah, yeah. And you, uh, yeah, it was. It's the whole thing is just ridiculous. They should have, you know, there should have been the next level of that of drummers dying that we haven't seen in real seen in real life yet, is the drummer coming back to life. That's the next level that I would like to see because you're right, all drummers either die or get fired from the band. How about a drummer coming back to life? I'd love like John Bonham. He's back and he is now drumming for. Um, uh, Creed. Oh, God, please no. (laughs) (laughs) You know, yes, because anytime you get the chance to reanimate John Bonham, you do it. You just take it. And wherever he lands makes that band better, right? Isn't that the idea? Shouldn't Trash Panda accept that that's the idea? Mark, you you got the right idea. I think so. Bonzo would make... I mean, come on, if you were a Nickelback, you know how great oh, they'd be? Yeah. Or, how about this? How about the one-arm guy from Def Leppard gets another arm back? He gets a mechanical arm, so he doesn't have to play with the hook in the one-arm guy, and Def Leppard gets two arms. I think that'd be great. You find that man. That's all I can think of. Unlock me! Guys. Yes. yes, the one-arm. There what about the one-arm guys? He got one of these little, do- he got one of these little doohickeys. Yep. No, he's got, he's got, yeah, here, play the drum. You got a drum banging pad. Try it with your new arm. It's pretty cool, man, that the guy from Def Leppard can definitely, he can definitely drum, bro. That's it. That's it. There you go. All right, we're we're definitely going to take a break and we come back. I'm sorry we're not talking Jersey Boys here, Steve. I feel like we got a little out of your element. I'm sorry. No, I'm, I'm. I'm all for that. I'm all. Okay. I'm reanimating John Bonham is is certainly within my wheelhouse. Yeah, I just, that's what I was really is. trying to land right. on something we could kind of agree on, and instead of going modern rock like I'm want to do. Well, we can agree on talking to Tom Thayer. We will do that next. We'll talk offensive line and bursts, and they're going out Bears. to play the Rams, and they should win that game. Nobody knows who's 
good, really, in this NFL. So the Bears might as well win this game. I'm Steve Rosenwald. He's Mark Grody. Saturday suckage, of course. Chicago Sports Radio, 670 the score. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Oh, 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 Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.